All right. Well, good morning, contact family. How are y'all doing today? Is that hurting? I, I bet there's a lot of different things going on, right? We're all in different places as we come to worship, and that's always something that's good to remember, is that some of us are feeling joys, some of us are feeling pains, some of us are feeling sorrow, and the good news is we've got a God that wants to know about all those things and loves us, and that is always good news. We're starting a new series today on serving. Way back in January, first Sunday of the year, we did our Vision Sunday, and I told you guys the theme for the year was going to be service, and so here we are in October, finally ready to talk about it. Things get away sometimes, don't they? So let me give you a quick outline of what's going to happen this month. We're going to do three weeks that are really focused on service. Fourth Sunday is going to be what we're going to call our Mission Sunday. Now, if you've ever been at another kind of congregation, Mission Sunday is when a lot of funds are usually raised for a mission opportunity, something that's going on somewhere else in the world. Uh, When there's contribution given here, that never goes to staff salaries. All of our salaries come from other churches' mission Sundays and from other people. But it's not about us. We're going to do it a little bit contact style, so it's not going to be exactly like that. All right? I don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet because there's some stuff that I'm excited about that I think is going to work better if it waits to the last second because it's going to do some of this. Uh, but here's what I want to tell you is I want you, if you can, to be here that Sunday, fourth Sunday of the month. Be ready to give. If you are not in a position to give, I want you to be here because we're doing something different. Okay? So read between the lines a little bit. You want to be here on the fourth Sunday. And if you can't be here physically, be here digitally. Do what you can, because I hope it's going to be a very special, exciting, contact-style mission Sunday. So we're going to see what happens, okay? Fifth Sunday of the month, Downhill's going to be here slinging it for us, so you'll get to hear him instead of me, and that'll be good, and it's going to be a good month. So service. So like I said, first Sunday of the year, we talked about serving a little bit, and here's the points that we brought up that very first Sunday as a refresher, as our focus on service. Service is important because it is a reflection of our master. Before we go any further, definition of service is really just doing something for someone else. It's a pretty basic definition. Now, that's not the why we do it. And so a lot of what we're going to be talking about is the why that's underneath it, especially next week. But it's doing something for somebody else. So when we're talking about serving, we don't have to get all high and holy on it. It's just when you're doing something for somebody else, you're serving. So it reflects our master. We're going to talk about that a lot today. It shows our love for each other. And it shows love for those who are not part of our family yet. So it's really important that we are people that serve other people that are part of contact. Who have said we want to worship together as this body, as this family. We have said yes to Jesus and we want to do that. It's also important that we take that outside of these walls and these people Because that is one way we show others what it looks like to be part of the family of God and to love. So, ways we do that. Find ways to use your gifts at the building. Find ways to use your gifts not at the building, right? We want to find ways, whatever talents you have, there is a way you can use that for somebody else, isn't there? I was talking about car stuff before we got in here. I got zero car talents, right? Yeah, there he goes. We're talking about car stuff. He's been working on cars for two weeks doing all kinds of stuff, and I was nodding my head, "Uh uh-huh, 
like I understood half the stuff he said. I caught some of it. Hanging out with muscles enough has taught me a little more. But I'm still, you know, I don't, I barely know, you know, whatever. I don't even know enough to tell you what I don't know. So there we are. So we're going to find ways to use stuff out of the building. And for staff that's here, one of our goals, that's always something we've got to do better at, is find ways to include you guys in the things that we're doing. And that's hard sometimes because, you know, we get all like, oh, i got to go do this, and then we get blinders on and say, you know, we don't have room to invite others to do that, and that's not good. That's not good because sometimes we know about opportunities that nobody else in the room knows about, and sometimes you guys would love to engage with those opportunities. We've had some great ones, like we had some stuff with the schools that we got to do, and man, those schools were blessed, and they were so excited for some of the things that the community here helped fulfill at Clinton West Elementary, and that was a big thing, and we're going to keep on looking for opportunities like that, people who need service, people who um, we can reach out to, things that can be done. So that's kind of the background of this, and now we're going to read a passage that's kind of the theme for what we're doing here. This is from Philippians chapter 2. So if you've got your Bibles, if you've got your digital Bibles, Philippians chapter 2, I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. This is Paul writing to the Philippians. Paul is in jail when he writes this. And he says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? What's he doing? He's saying, Do you like being part of the family of God? Are there good things that are happening since you started following Christ? Are you feeling any blessings in your life? What's he about to do? He's buttering them up a little bit, right? Getting ready to ask something of them. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Jesus prays about this in John 17. He prays about unity. Paul's talking about this. This is something that's key, is that we are, from all the diverse backgrounds we have, from all the experience we have, that we need to put in a pot together, because I need to know what's going on in your life and where you've been so I can understand what it means to be a Christian better. We take all those things and we say, we're going to point that towards Jesus, right? We're going to point that towards loving Jesus. So wholeheartedly agreeing, loving, working together. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Boy, that's tough. That's tough. We're going to keep going on that. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Raise your hand if you're often selfish. Yeah? I got both. I find that all the time. And it is hard sometimes for me to take an interest in somebody else's stuff because I've got a lot going on in my life that I need to focus on. Hmm, 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 hmm. By the way, the other stuff that I've preached this year, I've really enjoyed preaching it. I'm not going to like this one. This one steps on my toes a lot. And as I prepared for this and got ready, I was like, I don't want to say this stuff because then I'm going to have to work on it. So this is a lot of stuff I've got to work on, by the way. So, take an interest in others. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Okay, now this next part, some people think it's a song, some people think it's poetry. It's something that probably the churches all knew and were saying, and it's a good set of verses that's going to tell us something about Jesus. And we always want to know more about Jesus, okay? So verse 6, it says, Though he, Jesus, was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. 
okay? Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. All right, so Jesus is God, right? If you are in a kingdom and you're born to the king, right, do you get privileges? Better believe it. Do you have people waiting on you hand and foot? Yeah. Do people do whatever you want them to do? Pretty much. Pretty much. So Jesus can have all of that because Jesus is God. And Jesus says, I could take that, but I'm going to let it go. And instead, he's going to be a slave. Now, this is something that was interesting while I was researching, that the word servant, and we're using the word serve and service for this, like 49 times out of 50, when your Bible translates the word as serve or servant, the Greek is slave. And there's a word for servant, too, and that appears a few times. But when they're talking about this, Slave is the word that's used. What's a slave? We don't like to talk about that word. It has a lot of bad history because there's a lot of bad things that happened with that, right? And continue to happen in the world and have happened for a long time. Does a servant get paid? Usually. Does a servant have a contract? Yeah, usually. You know, they get to do it. Does a slave have a contract? No. Does a slave get paid? No. Does a slave get to decide to show up or not? No. So Jesus, though he is God, he has all the privileges in the world, can do whatever he wants. He chooses to put himself in a situation where he must do everything God commands him to do. Was born as a human, appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Does Jesus want to die on the cross? No. He says, God, if you can take this away from me, I don't want to do it. But not your will, but not my will, but your will. 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 Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that's good news, that what God does is when Jesus submits himself and humbles himself and puts himself in the lowest position, God flips it over. But even though Jesus has that authority, does that change who Jesus is and why Jesus does things? No. And we're going to read a little bit today that Jesus still, as king, looks at himself as servant or as slave. And that's good news for us, right? That's good news for us. So, Jesus served. This is week one. The rest of it will go faster. That was our intro. Now, three points for you. How did Jesus serve? First one, he shows up for and gives time to others. Are there a lot of examples of that in the Bible? Right, Jesus is walking, he's on his way somewhere, he's got something to do, and someone says, hey, Jesus, I need some help. My daughter's sick. My servant's sick. This person has a demon in them. What does Jesus do? He says, I gotta be over there. I gotta get going. 
I don't have time for that, right? That's who Jesus is. He says, nope, I got to go. Nah. Every time someone comes to him, you keep seeing the word compassion show up with him too. As he looks at them and he loves them. He says, all right, let's go. Let's go. So he shows up. Let me read to you a little bit from Mark chapter 6. Now what's just happened is Jesus has sent his apostles out and they're on a ministry tour. They go two by two and they're telling people about the kingdom coming and they're getting to do miracles in Jesus' name and they come back and they're excited. It says the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all that they had done and taught. So they're excited. They've got energy. They're probably a little bit tired too because they've just been out rocking and rolling. And so Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Let's go take a retreat, guys. Let's go take a little bit of time to decompress, to talk over this. We need some time to recoup and recalibrate. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. They've just gone out, and now there's all these other people that are following, that want a, want a little bit of what's going on. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. What's he doing? He's got a place to go. He's got a plan with his disciples. He knows that they need some time to rest, to eat, to talk, and the people show up, and Jesus says, I can't. I can't not. How can I keep going when all these people are here? Jesus' attitude, right, is for others in love. For others in love. So he shows up and he gives them time. We could tell so many stories about that. But we're not going to because I'm going to try to go faster in this series. So we'll see. He's willing to get messy is our second point. I don't like getting dirty. Ask my three and a half year old who's almost four. I don't like being dirty. I don't like things getting messy. I don't like anything in my house being messy. I don't like my daughter's body being messy. I don't like it when she eats a chocolate bar. I don't like it when she goes outside in the dirt. I don't like it. I do not like, I do not like mess. I do not like it. I don't know if I can say it to you firmly. If I do not like mess. You love it? I'm glad you love it. I'm glad you love it. Jesus is willing to get messy. And I want to be like Jesus. So I'm going to have to figure it out, right? I'm going to have to figure it out. So you guys are going to have to get on to me and say, Jonathan, why aren't you dirty today? I was like, all right, well. We read this before back in March when we were doing our series leading up to Easter. Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. We're just going to read a few verses from it. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So how does that start? This is that same thing as in Philippians, isn't it? Jesus knows he has the authority. Jesus knows he is king that's about to be crowned. Jesus knows that he has power and rule over everything. He's firm in who he is. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin, 
Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Have you ever seen uh, Undercover Boss? That show that was on TV for a while? I don't know if it's on anymore. But what you got is you got a CEO or somebody who puts on a disguise and he dresses up in whatever the like low rung of his company dresses like. You know, maybe it's a food place. And so he puts on the fry cook stuff and he gets in there and he's in there to check on everybody and see how things are actually running in his company. And when he reveals himself, they're surprised, right? Why are they surprised? One, he was trying to trick them. Why else? That's not where the CEO belongs, is it? Right, CEO's not supposed to be behind the fryer. CEO's supposed to be in his office, behind his desk, in the nice air conditioning, in his suit and tie, with his computer, not worrying about any of that stuff that's going on except raking in the money. But when they do it on the show, that's not what he's going to stay doing, is it? He's going to go back to his office. Jesus does this because this is who he is, right? Jesus is showing his disciples something. He's inviting them into the kind of life that he lives. Jesus knows he has all the power and authority, and because of that, it's not going to make him less king to get down on his hands and knees and wipe the mud and poop off people's feet. Does that make him less Jesus? It kind of does, right? When you think about it that way, he's willing to go all the way for me. He's willing to get all the way on the bottom for me. Twelve disciples there, right? Peter, we love Peter. We love talking about all those. Who else's feet is he washing? Judas. Judas is about to kiss him so he can get killed. And he gets down, and what does he do? He washes his feet. Jesus is willing to get messy. And not just dirt. Anybody in here ever had messy in their life? Did Jesus get in there anyway? Have we had great folks here at Contact in the past who have also been willing to follow Jesus to get involved when you're messy too? I know Ron showed up at some places I don't want to show up. I know there have been other people who've shown up too. That's good news, right? That's good news. And we can follow a master who gets messy. Third thing is he dies to offer us freedom and new life. Remember service, doing something for someone else. What's Jesus doing for us? Mark 10 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. We're going to read this again next week. Did you hear that? He's describing what he's there for. What does he say? To serve. I'm here to serve, and he ties that together with, and to give my life. Why? For you. For you. For you. For me. Because he loves us. He loves us, and he's willing to go as far as it takes to show us he loves us and to invite us into his family. Isn't that good news? That's great news. Let me read a little more from Ephesians. It says, But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Right? That's what this is doing. We were far away, and Jesus says, I am not going to leave it that way. I'm not going to leave you like that. 
I have compassion. You're sheep without a shepherd, and I'm going to give my life for you. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. You want some peace? Amen. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people, when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. When we think about this place, when we think about what the church is, there are people who you don't expect to see in the same room together, aren't there? And when Jesus comes, he says, "Uh uh-uh, let's get rid of that. We don't need that anymore. I'm going to wash all of your feet. I'm going to give my life for all of you. I'm going to do it because I love you, because I want you. And so what do we take? We take this good news, right? This good news. This is, remember, week one in this series. And so we're building. And what we're starting and ending today is on Jesus. Who was Jesus? Jesus was a servant. Jesus got messy. Jesus shows up. Jesus dies for us and is giving us an example of what it looks like to serve. So what do you think he's going to ask of us? Is he going to ask you to show up and to give time? Yeah, he's asking that. Is he going to ask me to get messy? Yeah. Is he going to ask us to give our lives? As I was studying, I told you already about the slave thing. It shocked me how many times, like every single one of the epistles, the letters that are written, the opening phrase, it's like Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. That's not what it says. It says Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus. Every time. We're going to go wherever we're sent. For Paul, it's not a, I'm going to choose today to be a Christian or not. For Paul, it's Jesus bought me and loves me. And the way Jesus did that is in a way that gives me life and freedom to be like him. And he gives me the tools for that, and that's good news. It's good news. And so we're going to follow Jesus' example. We're going to learn from that. And we're also going to receive the gift of service that Jesus has given us. So my question for you then is, if you have not said yes to Jesus to his offer to love you, to his offer to serve you, to his offer that he died for, for you to be part of his family. Why are you waiting? Why are you waiting? This is good stuff. Don't you want to work for a boss that cares about his employees? Don't you want to be part of a family where your mama and daddy love you and want the best for you? Don't you want to be around people who are willing to do what it takes to help you succeed? That's what this is supposed to be, because that's who Jesus is and how he showed it in his life. Don't you want to follow that kind of king? I know I do. If you need anything today, come on down as we stand and as we sing.